following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two passes for you. Welcome to episode number 20 of The Take with Willie Mason. I am here with the great man and something's different. It is a little bit different, isn't it? We're, uh, we've made it. I don't mind it, eh? We've got a green screen. We've got, I don't know what happens with the producer. He's a prick of a human. He keeps delivering, but He delivers and I think he's delivered us into a new studio. We're in a studio. We're in a studio. He's obviously back in his own it's tips. very professional, mate. I think, yeah, all the tips I think he's accumulated. I think all the all the winnings has gone into this. Well, the other big news for us is El Salvador. We're uh, number 12 in well, El Salvador. 12? Yep. Spotify's broken, 100%. Oh, we're in the right places, mate. Tell you who's not in the right place is Dean Pay because yeah. your old club, the Bulldogs, they are in – well, they're in turmoil. To be fair, yeah, yeah, and it has, and it's been like that for what? When did Des? When did Des leave? Like you know, two thousand three years ago, fifteen or sixteen or something like that. Pay's been there a couple, so yeah, twenty seventeen. I mean, like they just haven't recovered from from the Des Hasler era. Des was great there. I mean, he got everything given to him. He he wanted to move from Homebush to to Belmore. They built a twenty million dollar complex. Um, they train there because that's the that's the that's the home of Belmore because every, every all the players and all the fans and everyone and supporters and sponsors wanted everything back at Belmore. So he got all that. He got all the sports science. But regardless, he got them to two grand finals. Yeah, and they got beat. I got no. I got. I don't disregard. I don't hate Des at all for anything. But a lot of the ex supporters. I mean, not ex, but a lot of the supporters always sort of blame Des. It's not Des's fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, in my my opinion, it's a governance issue. Like, if you look at the way that that Canterbury have been run, there's infighting in the at board level yes, constantly, which destabilizes I mean, everything. You're right. You look at the situation this week with those two players that were deregistered being re-registered again, and it wasn't a decision that was it was actually quashed. Like they were found to have made. An illegal decision, and so those two players now. Can you are back tell the in. listeners at home? I mean, I know that you're, um, you know, you're in the know with a couple of things like that, especially legally. And I'm not really, I don't really know anything about that. So just explain to the listeners what happened with Oakenbore and Hawirinara. Look, essentially, what happened was they were deregistered from the NRL um, with what was not really due process. So essentially, what happened was. Um, from a workplace agreement perspective, they weren't given time to um, to, to show their defences. There was a number of issues from a from a legal standpoint in terms of how it was handled. Yep. And so, what has happened now is that the appeals tribunal has heard their appeal yep. um, and upheld the appeal because that it was handled in a way that wasn't legal. So, okay. both players have been. Um, I guess, handed penalties in terms of fines and and suspensions. When those suspensions are up, both of those players will be re-registered. They are re-registered and they will will be allowed to play if Canterbury pick them. Um, I think what happened was that the balance between the corporate dollar uh, and the rights of the players was wrong in this case. And so... I can see that they lost sponsorship and that it was a bad look, but at the end of the day, those players had a right to be treated in a workplace the way that anyone else yeah. has. So 
now what happens, I guess you've got the cap issue. So those two players will come back into the cap. So when the new coach comes in, when it's whether it's yeah. Trent Barrett or whoever it might be, all of a sudden you've got two players who probably won't want to play for the club. The Bulldogs probably aren't the only club that's struggling at the moment. I've been thinking about it, and I think probably the where the Bulldogs went wrong was when they put a big picture of you up in the gym. Ever since then, the thing's gone <laughs> downhill badly. But other clubs that don't have murals of William Mason up there, they're struggling too. What do you reckon if you had to fix clubs like that, how do you go about it? I think it's, it's all to do with development. And it's all to do with development officers and recruitment. They've got such a big deal, such a big thing in how to build clubs. CEOs, general managers, everybody has their hand in it. Because I look at I look at the Titans. They're like, let's throw 1.25 at at David Fafita Jr. Fair enough. I think he's gonna be he's, he's a superstar of the game. He's not a superstar of the game yet. He will be a superstar of the game. Where the Broncos are at the moment, probably probably going to get about 850, 900. I think that's where he probably sits. But like, why would you put so much money into one kid when you've got kids like the young kid Collins from the Roosters? Yep. Tupanua. Yep. Great systems. Brandon Smith. A couple of bench players down in Melbourne. I would just be picking the best of the kids down there who are bench players who are probably sitting on about 250, 300, off from about 500 because they're going to be rep players. And then you build clubs from that because they're from great systems. You can't keep trying to buy that big dog. He doesn't want to leave the Broncos. He's never going to leave the Broncos. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's, and it comes with development. It comes from schoolboys, like under 15. So why can't, like, I mean, Western Sydney developed some of the best schoolboys in the, in the whole game. Like why? Why? And they've been in the Canterbury system, and I know they've left. Mm. Why are they leaving? There's this, there's there's something wrong with the club. Why are they leaving Penrith? Why are they leaving? It's all obviously it's all to do with money. But you got to put more emphasis on those young kids, not just thinking I'm going to buy a superstar. Hey, David Fafita was once 15. He was already in the Titan system, mm. and they let him go. Give him a hundred grand then. Yeah, and yeah. he would never stay, and he never would have left to go to the Broncos. Yeah, Payne Haas, all these sort of guys, you know, like you got to put more develop, you got to put more money into development of these fifteen-year-old schoolboys. And realistically, people bag the roosters and you know salary caps on bear and all that, but that's what the roosters do. They get these kids at fifteen. They say they've got no juniors. They don't need they juniors. Need juniors because they buy fifteen-year-olds and yeah. they put them through the system and they look well, after. Corner was fifteen when I was there. All of all of that side that have come through have Jake basically Friend, played. Roosters. Pierce. Is juniors, yeah. Pierce, Jake, that whole nucleus of that side was all through the 15s and played schoolboys because they don't, they rarely get it wrong. Yeah, that's right. The development officers rarely get it wrong, and neither, and and the the guys who pick it, you know, the it's just it's very frustrating because I see a lot of kids come through that bulldog system, they get to a certain stage and they get let go. You know, it's just it's it's frustrating because I don't know who the development officer is at is at the bulldogs, but they all need to get sacked. Yeah, honestly, like I mean, the, the guys that are there. They're not that. They're not that good because you know what? Since like Des Hasler was, ne- his emphasis was never ever on juniors. It was always give me the best first graders. I want to win now. Yeah, and everybody knew that. Everybody knew that. Different culture from when I was there. Come through as a seventeen-year-old when Sonny Bill come through as a sixteen-year-old. Rennie Matua, Willie Tonga, Matt Utai, Brent Sherwin, Corey Hughes, Hazamel Majri, Jamie Feeney. All these guys come through a system, and we all reached the pinnacle of that club. Do you know what I mean? But like they don't I never 
now I don't see those kids. Like I've yeah. gone, I've gone to the Bulldogs and talked to the old school guys about the about the culture and about the mentality of these young kids and where they want to be and all these sort of questions. And it's just not the same. And something's gone missing. I'm not sure. You can't blame Des Hasler for 20 years. No. Do you know what I mean? Like you got Des, to snap Des, out of they it. all knew that Des was was about winning right now. And he nearly he got into two grand finals. So but whatever they're dishing out now, some of these young kids have come through a little bit of a system there, but they learn the wrong things. And I guess you look at club recruitment, you can sort of see clubs wanting, you know, that Kalen Ponger effect where Kalen Ponger signs with Newcastle and all of a sudden they start to get the good players because, you know, he's, they're going to build a club around him. And that's, I guess, what the Titans are trying to do a bit with Fafita. Yeah. But it's, it's not a lasting model, you know. And, and you know what? It's not about the grabbing that one great schoolboy or the the Kalen Ponger and Fafita. It's about grabbing a fucking really unbelievable coach. Like right now the Bulldogs have just sacked Dean Pate. Steve George Arliss in there. I like Steve George Arliss, but he's not a first-grade coach. Why aren't we just reaching out and going, who's off contract? Wayne Bennett's got one more year, one or two years at, at South. Craig Bellamy's off contract. They're the guys that can attract players. Throw three or four million dollars. That's not on the salary cap. Throw whatever you can at Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy or whoever, like pretty much those two. Because they attract players more than players. People want to play for Craig Bellamy. People want to play for Wayne Bennett. They attract sponsors. They attract everybody. So just, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Trent Barrett, he's he's had a coaching he's had a coaching gig at Manly. You know they're trying to toss his name. They're trying to toss, miss Mick Ennis and fucking Brett Kamali. They're trying to toss up for the Bulldogs. That's not the right answer. It's just because you played what hundred games for the club doesn't mean shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, get it. The coach will control everything. And if you don't get a guy like Wayne Bennett or a coach that can just attract the best players or even turn those subpar players, as I said, like with Collins, Tupanua, and a heap of other players that I can mention, you turn those average players into rep players. That's what good coaches do. Hashtag mace for coach. I never want a coach. We've talked about culture. I think... One of the things where culture is really going to play a part is with the new sort of outbreaks of COVID around the place and, and talking. I mean, AFL's all moved all their clubs up to Queensland now and three young NRL players have just found themselves on the wrong side of the COVID stuff. You know, a couple of blokes that had their debuts on the weekend and one at a party accidentally had too many people and one was hugging his family after the game. And I mean, they're, they're, they've not, the players have done nothing wrong, yeah. but in the environment we're living in bubble, now, yeah. in the bubble, they can't do it. So that's where culture is important because what we would not like to see is everything going into lockdown again in mm. terms of rugby league. Do you think that there's enough things in place that's going to stop that happening? I think so. And I'm, I'm pretty sure head coaches, CEOs, everything like that would be just ramming it down these young kids' throats. Mm. How to behave like this? The young kid that we know, we know his father. He Big had carbs. just made had his um his first grade debut. Played like a minute or two. It's probably the highlight of his career. You know, he's going to hug his, his Polynesian guy. Wants to hug his family. Everything like that. There's other couple of incidences where you can control if you are mindful of it and it's and it's drummed into your head. 
And it needs to happen every single day pretty much for these young kids because I know what it's like being in your 20s. You just sort of listen and just go straight out the fucking ear. Mm. You just don't care. But, I mean, some of these games, you know, they do, well, they want to see their family. The, you know, the kids are there and everything like that. It's, 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 a, it's an emotional time for a lot of these players. So, you know, the leadership starts from the top, Valandis, CEO, Abdo, and it just trickles down into all the other CEOs in the club and general managers and to the head coaches. But the head coaches are the main, main people. They get to see their players every single day and it's got to get drilled into them what they need to do, everything they need to do to make sure that the NRL keeps afloat. Because, yeah. so, like, you know, like two or three, four, five cases of coronavirus, mate, it could shut the whole game down. So the risk and reward is ridiculous. You know, there's too much risk, there's no reward. You know, it's just, it's it's something that the players have to deal with. It is This is very funny times. It's It's... It's something that these players just really have to adapt to really quick. And we've survived right now. There's been a couple of breaches of the bubble, the Apollo bubble, but there hasn't been any positive tests. Yeah. You know, so the guys are doing a great job in what they're doing. Obviously, the teams are doing a great job. The Warriors have done a great job. You know, there's, they're the only guys sitting at Terrigal. You know what I mean? There's, you know, I know some some young kids there that if you're in your in your 20s, they just want to go out and have a beer. Straight to Club Chopper. Yeah, you know what I mean? But they would want to go and have a good time after games. But no, they're stuck in their little bubble and they're doing the right thing. So I applaud, I applaud everybody in the NRL at the moment, but we've got to be wait, we've got to be a lot, a lot more safer for us to continue the whole year on and to finish this year and, and hopefully there's no positive tests. Uh, but it, it all comes down to leadership. It all comes down to coaches. If you've got a, if you've got a head coach and CEOs and that, they don't very nonchalant going, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's all, you know, the old Aussie sort of attitude. It's not going to work because someone will breach it. Someone, something will happen, especially with all these little hot spots out west like Campbelltown, Liverpool, Warwick Farm, all these, all these places. There are hot spots. A lot of these young kids out west, they live there. Yeah, you know, like what do you, you know, they go to training and then they go home, and then they go to the shops. They, they're doing a lot of things. So this is where the NRL need to really stay on top of these young kids and go. And I'm not sure what the worst case scenario will be. Do do we have to travel to Queensland and put everybody in their own separate little bubbles? Because I know out west, it's it's pretty crazy out there. You know, I mean, I, a, a mate of mine come down. He stayed at Warwick Farm last week. Now he can't come back down because that's a hot spot. Now he's up there in quarantine. Yeah. You know, so a little place like and I know a lot a lot of these guys that play for Parramatta, Penrith, Canterbury, all the all the all the teams that are out west, they're in hot spots. You know what I mean? And I know what these guys are like. You know, they finish training, they think everything's all right. They go, you know, they might go shopping in Westfield and Parramatta or Liverpool or anything like that. Just be really mindful and be really careful about what you're doing and what the repercussions can be if just because you want to go buy a pair of jeans or some shit. Just be smart. Hear that, NRL players? Elder Statesman Mason says, stay away from Sefton Playhouse. <laughs> Is that still open? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we won again, Will. Yeah, we did. We're, uh, we're good at this. We are very, very good at betting is what it comes down to. I think uh, you are, and I think the producer goes all right himself. What's he? What is he? Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Seven for me. What happened, actually? I think, um, what race was it that I, he won on? Don't, let's not. Anyway, I didn't know. I didn't know until 10 minutes ago that you had the same horse in the same race and he beat you. No, that's this week. That's this week. 
I thought you won that last week. No. He's tipping oh, against. Me. Oh, okay, my bad. So oh, this is going to be hilarious. No, it's not. It's not funny. Nothing to do with the lose. producer is ever funny. I am wearing so much on Twitter. Hello to Dane, who said that <laughs> yeah. I should step. Let my ego get out of the way, and I should step aside. And uh, really? you and the producer, yeah. Me, me, me and you. the producer? Yeah, you and the producer. Wow. Okay. You're a joke. I know that. Uh, what's not a joke is that our dear friend Jared, uh, it's his lovely girlfriend's birthday, 30th ah, birthday. Mrs. 30th. Mrs. Mrs. Prophet. Prophet, Prophet. The Prophet. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you got one more Prophet on him. So he's brushed us tonight because oh, uh, he's out there celebrating. So what I've asked him to do is Make I sure sent- your social distance, all right? I think, well, they're in Queensland, so there's no hot spots uh, unless he's taken it to Sefton Playhouse. Uh, so what I've done, I've got my t- my little uh, my little flutter right. and it? he's what written him. So I'm taking the Roosters to cover the line into the Storm 13 plus into the Broncos with plus five and a half. Hmm. So. Yeah, I'm with you. What Jared has said to me is the Roosters win for fun and backing them at $2 line every week is proving to be an outstanding way to make money. Thanks, Jared. It's 11.5 points, so it looks a very achievable prospect again. That's the first one. Likes it. As much as we love the Titans here at Neds, there's leagues between those two sides at the moment. 13 plus looks fair enough. They're 850. He less the Titans are eight fifty. So they should be. They're terrible. No, they're not. Aaron, love you. Uh, the Broncos finally broke back into the winners' store last week, and I think this actually looks a decent opportunity for them to go on with it again. Covering a five point five point line as outsiders is the right betting option. Combined into a multi, we're getting five dollars sixty eight. All right, that so sounds that's Jared. good. I wasn't as positive. In well, the- I didn't get a I didn't get a message. So I didn't tell him. But mine, I'm going to go. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try and pick the round with a couple of anytime try scorers. So, of course you are. Is Roos- it 11 I've legs? The, I've got the Roosters, Storm, Broncos, Dragons, Knights, Parramatta, Sharks, Panthers. With anytime try try scorers will be Stephen Crichton um, and I think Alex Johnson. And that's it. I'm not going to go too far. You, you're not going to go too far. You've just no. had a ten leg multi. You, yeah, <laughs> but it won't be like last week. Oh no, and um, and uh, Josh Morris as any time try scorer. I can't remember what you've just said. Yeah, so three any time try scorers. All right, well that's a billion dollars now. So Jared's it's not gonna- too bad. I think that if I if I pick all eight, it's a thousand bucks. I'm not sure what the any time try scorers at. I'm not. A, I don't know. Jared can work that out. I'd yeah. say it's a billion dollars, but we're not going to win, so it doesn't matter. Now the producers pick, and this is a much loved part of the show. I don't know if people could actually meet this bloke. You, I know he's making money, and I know he's a good tipster, and I, but as a bloke, he is just awful. And I just, I don't know. Anyway, I got to read this character. Out. So producers pick, and as William so kindly pointed, out, I got a little share in a in a race in a horse in this race, and he's backed against it. So. It's probably the way he's going. My horse may as well not even run. But he actually started his racing career in New Zealand and found form around some quality horses before ending his tenure with a win in a Group 3 race. And the horse I'm talking about is in Randwick Race 5, number 2, Heron Garwi. 
He didn't show a lot when he finished 10th behind Dealmaker when resuming in Sydney last month, but turned in a far more impressive effort to finish just a couple of lengths from the winner in the listed McKell Cup last time out. I think a fitter, I think fitter third up, the small drop in trip shouldn't be an issue. $25 each way at $12. Mm, sounds interesting. That's And then he's also written the producer's a knob and please stop him from contacting me before I have to call the police. I don't know. That's what he said. So anyway, it's uh, the producer's tip. I'm going to get on it because he keeps winning. Um, It's about the only good thing about him. Uh, But thank you very much to everyone for bagging us nonstop. And thank you for Neds for being such a wonderful sponsor of the show. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. And 11-leg Maltese gamble, gamble responsibly. Responsibly. <laughs> responsible. my one. Josh Morris. I reckon my – the eight that I pick, I reckon it might get up. I'll get a straight – I'll get a straight deal. Please. Swear. <laughs> Promise, guys. Last weekend saw some pretty good games of footy. And this weekend, we have got the grand final replay, except mm. that basically it's not a grand final replay because Canberra got no players. Yeah, they've been absolutely hammered. Like, Hod- Hodson is the biggest loss of the year. That's like, the end of their season. He is, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, they can't, you can't replace a guy like that. He's He's been sensational for them for the last three years. He dictates how people play around the ruck, the line speed, everything like that. He's such an inspirational leader of that club. So to lose him, it really, really sucks. And it puts a bit of a damper on this game. So um, I can't really go. Look at look at the Roosters. Did you see them last week? Do you know, I was watching that game. And, and obviously, um, I'd had a little uh, crack with Neds yeah. about East covering the line. And it was 12-6 mm. at half time. Yeah. And I thought, they're in real strife here because the Cowboys, looked they looked up, they looked ready for the game. And then what East did in that second half, Speaking that, about, yeah. that gear that they can go to, it's just terrifying. Speaking about, like, coaches under the pump, like Paul Green, like how many more years can he survive of being coach of players like a Tal Malolo who is the, uh, the greatest forward to play the game, in my, in my opinion? And he's a top three player in the comp at the moment. You know, you got Josh Maguire, who's an origin and Australian rep. Do you know what I mean? You got, I mean, I know Val, Valentine's Holmes is out. Eason Masters has played for New Zealand. Kyle Felt's been on the on the verge of playing Origin for years. And then you dish up shit like this. You know, how many? How much? How much responsibility sh- should he take? I mean, I, I'm just going off what's happening at the moment with. With Dean Pay, who has probably the worst roster in the game, and then I look at at this guy who's got arguably one of the best rosters. I know Jordan McLean and a couple of other guys have been out, but they had Jordan McLean last year, and they still didn't finish in the eight. Well, tell tell me, Will. It just, I mean, we're we're a bit off topic, but let's let's explain to me. Valentine Holmes, they've signed him as a fullback. They mm. pick him on the wing. Yeah, he runs on the field and he's hobbled within the first five seconds. So there was no way in the world he was fit to play. Oh. Is that Paul Green's call? Should he have said to Valentine Holmes, is he that desperate that he said, I need you to play even though you can't walk? Or I mean, did oh, you got to sit him out, don't you? I mean, right. now he's out for eight weeks. I've got to take you behind the curtain. Of, like, when you are injured and you are and you are one of the best players in the you – know, you're on a, you're on a million dollars like Val Holmes and so they say it's an ankle injury or, or whatever. They, there's pressure on you. You know, he, I mean, no, I know Val Holmes would be like, yeah, no, no, I had no pressure on me. There's pressure. 100%. There's pressure from, this, pressure from the coaches. There's pressure from the players. 
there's pressure from like uh, you know your physios and everything. They'll do everything they can. Like the the trainers, they'll try and do everything they can. Oh no, it looks good. Like it looks good. And then you start to, you have this false sense of security of where where you actually are. And then you go, you can get through the, you get through a training session. You know you're not right to play. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's where a coach like a Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy and that like all their players hit the ground running. And he would have known that he wasn't play, wasn't he? Wasn't fit to play, like he should have been out for another three weeks. By the look of it, well, he's gone now. You know, now he's out for the season. He's yeah. going to miss Origin. He's going to miss all the everything at the end of the year. Like they're not going to be nowhere near the top eight. And it sucks because I love watching Val Holmes play. Mm. And it does. And you know, when you when you do finish your little medical, so to say, like you know, when you have it, probably you probably just say if they played Saturday, you'd have it on Friday. It's it's adrenaline. It's everything like that. It gets you through that. You know what I mean? You can do the agility drills. You can do that, especially with an ankle injury. And they need all that shit as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're not just going out there. They strap it. They needle it. They do everything they can possible. You never feel that. You never feel it. It's not a ligament. It's not a calf strain because you just don't play. But when it's an ankle injury or a shoulder injury, you're not feeling it, man. They just jab you with it. They even get the fuck out there and just do as hard, go as hard as you can. Well, a bloke who wasn't ready to play, but. A bloke who's pretty good at managing injuries, and Munster's been a perfect example of that, is Craig Bellamy at the Storm. They're playing against the Titans this week. Munster's back from injury uh, after mm. a couple of weeks off, and, and he will add a lot to that side. I mean, the Storm, the Titans have been good, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they rest him. Yeah, well, he's in the side. I, I don't I know. I mean, they it's, name him. I mean, like, it's just good to name him, and he, he obviously he's on, he's, on, he's on the men. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm Craig Bellamy, I've like another week, could be so much, you know. Like imagine Valentine Holmes took another week. Yeah, you know I mean, you got to ask. You, you got to just say, as a player, and as a former player, when they ask you, and if you think you think you can play, you play. Mm. Players play. I always say that they don't care. They just want to play. They want. They they just want to play because you got so much pressure from you. You want to you want to impress your players. You want to go out there and say, oh yeah, no, he's a tough prick. All this sort of stuff. That's what players do. Sometimes it takes a coach to go, look, are you right to play? Come here. We don't really need you. Sit back. Craig Bellamy would be one of those coaches. Mm. They've just beaten the Roosters. And who else did they beat? Who'd they beat last week, Melbourne? Uh, they beat last week. They beat. Who'd they beat? Who knows? Who cares? But they beat someone. But, you know, it's, it's, but that's the difference. They would never put that Canberra. much. Canberra. Yeah, they, they beat Canberra. They, they never put that much pressure because now you're going to play the Titans. Even though the Titans have been having a red hot crack, if I was, if I was, if I was Belly, I'd be like, just sit back. Unless you 100% can finish the whole week. And I know what Belly's like. If you can't train to 100%, you're not playing. You are not training. Yep. And it's not like other coaches where they just wait for that medical. And then if you can get through the medical, you're fine. You yep. need a whole week of training to get through get through the week and then be available. That's the difference. Well, the Dallium coach of the year, Anthony Seabold, is up against the Tigers this week. Last week, he had a coaching masterstroke in which he decided to let the players coach themselves. That was good because they won. So maybe if Anthony Seabold becomes a fan rather than a coach, the Broncos will go all right. Well, what did we say a couple of weeks ago? Seabold stinks. What the fuck are you putting um, Pangai Jr. on a right edge when he's a left-arm carry? Or all of a sudden you put him in the front row where he can attack both sides of the ruck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he attacked both sides of the ruck instead of being sitting on his right edge, not getting the ball. He needs to get fit. He needs to get match fit. Put him in front row and look what he fucking did. He terrorized everyone. Scored tries, threw people off. He had he had a great game. And that's the way he should be playing because he needs the ball all the time. Mm. He's not that sort of guy. He's not an edge player. If he's going to play edge, put him on the left edge because he left arm carry. 
People who understand the game would understand what I'm saying. Put him on a right edge. People just come from the inside. They take his left arm off low. They hit him from the legs. They wrap up the upper body. He's done. But when you can, when he's a front row and he can attack both sides of that ruck, he's dangerous. You know, like, and now they've got Payne Haas. They've got him in front row. You know, they've got Lodge Pump maybe coming from the bench. They've got a, Alex Glenn can play on the right side because he's a right-hand carrier. He you know can, what I mean? He can when he's got a knee, but like, he's I out. mean, he's, he's a little bit busted, but he's a veteran. He's played 250 games, left side back rower. You can pick whoever you want. Just do your job. I think Corey Oates might be the left side back rower or the right side back rower. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's all about balance in teams. You need to have a balance. Like, you can't just have, like, five go-getters who are just, like, ridiculously destructive runners. Everybody needs to play their part. You know, you got you got Lodge, you got Payne Haas who, who needs the ball, you got Fafita who's coming, who's going to come back soon, Pangai Junior. They they are all great players. In in any other side, they'll be superstars, but they need to come collectively as a group and even everything out. Well, that's coaching. I mean, that's, co- that's what I'm know, saying. It all comes back yeah. to coaching. And it all co- what the fuck are you doing all preseason? Mm. You're just sitting, Pangai Junior on the left edge, thinking David Fafita is going to do this. Like coaches train every single person in every single position. If you're a f- forward, a front row forward, you should be able to know every single position on the field. If you get put out on the left edge, if you put a right a right edge, if you get put at lock, you should be able to play every position. Yeah, and that's the difference between what happened with with Brisbane. Like someone got injured, and they go, "Oh fuck, what's going to happen?" You know, because they just they don't know what's going on. They get coached wrong. It's just well, interesting. I mean, I must have been giving Seabold a fair bit of shit over the last few weeks because a bloke actually said on social media that I should get in a cage match with him because mm. I hate him so much. I don't yeah, hate him. That. I just think he's a, a terrible human and a terrible coach. But, oh, uh, human. Jeez. Interesting. The Tigers. Um, what, is, dropped, what is your rap on the Tigers? Uh, I don't. I think they're a tough side. I think they lack players again but how do you feel about dropping Luke Brooks our whole theme, He's got- our whole theme today the narrative is how shit coaches are in the NRL these days pretty much I mean like yeah. every, every single thing that we've gone through has been about what's what's the coach doing yeah like why would you why would there's some players that you can drop and they'll come back and they'll bounce back and they'll be animals I don't think Luke Brooks is one of them I don't think Benji Marshall is one of them I don't think he ever got deserved to get dropped. And there's been about four or five fringe players in that team. Sometimes it's better just to play, get these guys to play themselves out of form. You can't just go Luke Brooks. You've had a couple of off games. He was their best player last year, him, him and Benji. And then all of a sudden there's a couple of off games. Drop him to the bench. Yeah, it's gonna, he, he, you know what's going to happen? Madge? I love Madge. He's, great. He's a great bloke. He's going to end up resenting you. Thinking, why are you dropping me? He's played 160 games to that club. They're pretty much the he's their marquee player, and you drop him to the bench. I don't think that's going to do any good for that kid's for that kid's ego for his for his whole psyche. You know, there's, there's only a couple of people that you could drop, and they'll bounce back and they'll go hard. Halves aren't one of them. Yeah. Very very different different specimens. You can drop a front row forward. And he'd be like, fuck this, I'll go back to Reggie's, I'll eat everybody back there. But you can't do that now. What do you got to sit back on the just sit back on the sidelines now and just go, I just can't wait till someone else get injured so I can come back up. Or if we go shit, I can come back up. That's that's what's happening now. Because there's no Reggie's when you can go back and take your anger out and play and prove to the coach, all right, I'm playing real good minutes, I'm playing good minutes, I'm playing quality minutes, everything's very efficient, runs are good, all this kind of stuff. People can't they don't have the opportunity to do that. So even Benji for, for the last three or four weeks, who's been doing? And playing, just been on the on the B side in at training. 
You know, you've got the, your, your top 17, he's on the other side. Well, maybe, maybe Maguire is testing Brooks to some extent. Maybe Maguire doesn't want a player who won't bounce back. Maybe that's what his whole thing is. He just wants to test the kid, and if the kid doesn't stand up, then he'll move him on. You know, that's yeah. The, I mean, you, I don't know. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's. His whole his motives are with with Brooks, but I was just thinking, oh, just I just don't think he's got the mentality or that sort of drive to go. All right, I'll, I'm going to prove Madge wrong. Mm. Hopefully, he does because he's a good kid, Brooks. I thought he was outstanding last year. He was pushing for an Origin spot. Him and him and Moses and a few other halves, these young kids that you know, and Cleary. I think they're the, they're the future of the game. I just think you know, dropping him a couple of weeks ago. I think he just tore. He, North Queensland are shreds. Everyone says so I just don't know. The co- coaching is really it's a, it's probably it's the hardest job I think that you can have. And like it's just it's just the way that you treat people. You just got to be a man manager. You got to look after these kids. These kids have egos. These kids have responsibilities. They got a lot of things on their plate. And it's all about getting the best out of these players for eighty minutes. That's yep. your whole goal. I mean, with Wayne Bennett, he don't give a fuck what you do all week as long as you turn up to training and you train like an animal and then you play 80 minutes on the weekend and you play your best in terms of hard jobs it goes nrl coach brain surgeon digging ditches that's a top yes. three yes now exactly. steve george Alice is about to find out about being an nrl coach because he is up against the dragons who are definitely the biggest improvers in the comp 100 yeah, percent. uh mary's got a he's safe uh we've talked about the dogs dragons with that uh but how, I think the stat is, what is it, that usually they seven, seven, seven times out of they 10 bounce or some back. shit, they bounce back. Fact check. I just, yeah, I don't fact check ever. But <laughs> the Dragons are playing some good football. They are. Duffy. They were good you last know, you know, You know, Zach Lomax. I've got to give a bit of a shout out to Zach Lomax. He was one of those prodigies when he'd come out of high school. He was a schoolboy and everyone was like, fuck, this, kid, this kid's going to be unreal. This is another, another thing about coaching. They threw him into the wrong position. They put him at fullback. He's a right. He's a right side centre. When him and I think uh, him and other, a couple, a couple other kids come through. Kid from Cronulla, Bronx Sherry. They all come through at the same sort of time, and he was a gun right side centre. And they put him on the left side, and they put him at fullback, and they put him on the wing. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just put him in his position. They put him in his position this year because I thought he was going to be a bust. Now he's their best player. Yeah, he's been unreal. Do you know what I mean? He's been outstanding defensively. Outstanding. And I was going to actually about just before he started, I was going to I was going to say he was he just wasn't as he didn't live up to the hype. But watching him play, he saved that team. His energy, he's a young kid. Him and the Fijian winger out there on that right hand edge has been absolutely killing it, you know. And Dufty, shout out to Dufty. Now you got Tarek Sims back. Now you got a few big balls back. They're going to do some good things. I reckon they'll be all right. But yeah, Zach, Zach Lomax, Zach Lomax, he's um future prospect. He beat me in the super. He, he single-handedly, I didn't have him in my super coach team and I lost and I'm off him badly. Souths are playing against Newcastle. Newcastle, they just got beaten by a better team last week. Mm. Um, Kalen Ponga has been quiet. I reckon he's going to come flying out of the gates this week. That's my prediction, hit prediction of the week. Yeah. Uh, Souths without some players could be a good game. Yeah. I chose the Knights, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. Latrell Mitchell, the, the the stuff that he's been doing out the back, and what he's been, um, you know, what he's been doing, like just that, just that evasion out the back and that misdirection. Plays don't know where he's coming from. Cody Walker, they put four tries on. They put four tries on on the weekend. Four different plays. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's ridiculous. Usually you can do so much video on a team, you know what's happening. Co Cody Walker is coming from different angles and so is Luttrell and their back rollers run really good lines. It's hard, it's hard to read. You mm. know what I mean? Like they, I said, like four different plays, four tries, two on each, two on each. Like Dan Gagai, you know, like Alex Johnson, Luttrell's like putting, like he's had so many try assists. Like it's, it's very dangerous. But the key is Luttrell. And he's not playing. Yeah. So that sucks. And I mean, what do you think of his suspension? I think it's fair enough. Because I fucking loved it. I don't like him getting suspension, get, getting suspended, but he could have easily pulled out of that kick. Someone did that when I was playing, I would fucking flog him. Yeah, yeah. Easily. I don't care about the rules or anything. Like that. And that's what I love about Latrell. I love his passion and I love how he loves his mates. Because if any of you have, you have a look at that shit happens in other teams, they don't care. What he did was ragdoll him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't punch him in the head. Didn't do anything like, you know, crazy. Like he grabbed him, fucking body slammed him, give him a rock bottom and said, see you later. <laughs> but I, don't, I just, I love that passion that Latrell has. Like he's seen it. He could have pulled out of that kick, Josh Reynolds. I've seen it. And I know when people can actually pull out of the kick, the ball's in his hands and he went for the kick. He's had a if low. I seen that shit. He's had a I low would year. fucking do exactly the same thing. Very low year, Josh Reynolds. Uh, Manly. Versus the Eels. If you noted the producer's phone keeps going off, and I genuinely do not know who would ring this bloke or text him or anything. He has got no friends. It's, I don't know, it must be Telstra. <laughs> he hasn't paid his bill. Uh, Manly against the Eels. Ooh. Eels. Jeez, yeah. Manly, Des Hazard will be pulling a jersey on soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for the boys. You know, Aiden Fanil Blake's out. You know, uh, Tommy, Tommy Turbo's still out. Dylan Walker's still out. I mean, they've just got so many injuries and Parramatta's just been on fire. I know it's it's a it's a it's a rivalry game. The Eels have been playing some great football. I don't see them losing. No. Uh the Warriors. The Warriors, so it's official now that four of them are gonna go home. Um Mamolo, Fusatua, really? um Parsi, um, and maybe one more. I think they're they're going home. They're they're, they're too homesick. They've got oh, wow. young families, and and they're off home. So oh wow, okay. I think the the Warriors. Um, I tipped them last week against the Titans, and um, they looked. They're in that game. I just think it's starting to get a little bit hard for them now. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, good. Those four guys that you mentioned. Shout out to you guys because you've done a great job, regardless. But a lot of things that. Uh, a lot of Aussie, Aussies and everyone else knows don't know is that, you know a lot of Polynesians are very very family based. We love our families and very close. You know it's 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 a bit different. You know like especially with them, those guys being away from home, and you know it's you know family means everything to us. And being away from your mum, your dad, your your wife, your kids, everything like that's taken its toll. The beatings that they've been getting, you know, they've been beat a lot of the times. The coach getting sacked, you know, some of the shit that they've been through. That still stinks. nobody, yeah, That's nobody has no nobody deserves to be to get through that. I mean, to go through that, yeah. So, you know, for them for them to go home, fair enough. I've no, I've not one problem with them going home. Neither do I. And, and anyone, like honestly, and I'm not saying this, just if I was away, I've got a ten year old, and if I was away from him for a three days I'd be mm. you know I'd miss him terribly the fact that these bikes have been away from their family but remember for that they long. Said, remember they were causing a bit of a stink a couple of weeks ago because they promised that they're going to bring they'll bring them over, over to the bubble yeah so they obviously haven't and they've done the wrong home. they've done the wrong thing by them so I don't I would not be surprised in the next couple of weeks if 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 the NRL 
And obviously, they, they, they probably just probably can't they can't bring him over. Yeah, you know, it's going to get more intense. It's going to get more intense. And oh man, I mean, I hang on, uh, I, I should actually say I'd also miss my wife too. <laughs> I, I'll just throw that out too. She doesn't listen to the show. She thinks I'm a gibberer. But uh, if she does, if this is the one, love you, darling. Yeah. Uh, Penrith up against the Cowboys. Poor old Charlie Staines. Four tries on debut. Has a big party. Gets the ass. Uh, what did he do? He had a party, 10 people, more than he was allowed to or something. And I think it was just blokes. I had a party on the weekend. It was about 60 people there. Good social distancing. Yeah, I just I was at least you three were, metres away. You were four metres away from everybody. It was a big venue. Um, I was in Queensland, but. Yeah, no, hot spot. Uh, Penrith, they just beat the Cowboys. Cowboys are terrible. Mm. Pen- who, who's your tip now? To win the comp. Hate, I know you hate Penrith. No, I like no, Penrith. No, no, this no, year. no, 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 no. He hates Penrith. I hated Penrith last year. I uh, like them this year. I hate the Broncos. They look like the real deal, eh? They're good. They are good. Penrith. Very well balanced. Penrith, Para, the Roosters, and Storm. That'll be the top four. They're miles ahead of everyone else. All right, well, let's go through our tips then. William, you've already done yours, but I've forgotten because it was part of a 36 yeah, league multi. Um, let's so see if you can word, do the same ones. Yeah, right. Roosters, Storm, Broncos, Dragons, Knights. Eels, Sharks, Panthers. All right. Is that it? I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you mine, though. I can't even, I wasn't listening, so this might be the same. What did you say? Roosters, Storm, Broncos, Dragons, Souths, Eels, Sharks, Penrith. Did you go – who did you go? Did you go Broncos or Tigers? Bronx. Did you? Oh, I thought I, that was my up one. South is the only difference. Who'd you go, South? Yeah, I went South. Yeah, I think Knights. I think just because of the trolls out, he just he just he dominates that whole game. I don't think I think the Knights will be hungry. Ponga needs to actually play some really good football. Pierce, you got Connor Watson back. Got a really good bench. They got some. Um, yeah, I was Lachlan. Who's their left back? Lachlan Fitzgibbon. He just shits me. What about Jay Field? Knocked him over a million times. I was just, just going, like, mate, if I break. was a left back rower. In that night side, in when I played, I would fucking destroy every team. You got Ponger on that left edge. You're just running straight off. Oh them. my god, just yeah. run that one line all the time, outside in or inside out. Two things you got to do. And you he can't make a line break. He would have hated watching the footage because he got knocked over every oh, time by it's halfback. It's disgusting what's happening. I'm not sure what they're doing at training, but like for fuck's sake, swap gets the only man Matau T on there. Like, I mean, left edge is the prime spot. If you're a forward, it's the prime spot. You get all the good ball, everyone last passing left to right, right to left, I mean. Right to left. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, like, that spot is easy. It's easy to defend. Fuck, man. I just watch it just go, what are you doing? Get a decent back rower. Tyson Frizzell, please come get there next year. And then you got Mitch Barnett coming back this week. Put him on the right side and just, fuck, I don't know what you do with him. Well, this is the one time I hope that I get it wrong because this is probably the biggest multi in the history of multis. Mm. <laughs> so go, uh, go the Knights. Come on, Knights. It is one of the unfortunate parts of COVID that international travel is on the banned list. Mm. So no kangaroo tour at the end of the year. Yeah. Everyone will miss it, Will. So they I will. think what you should do is re- you should tell us a kangaroo tale. I've got to reminisce a bit. I take this back a few years. Oh, age, fuck, about 15 years ago. Um, it's been a while since you played, mate. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, so obviously, uh, if you've listened to the Kangaroo Tours, we used to um, we used to go through Mexico. We used to go through Hawaii. Anyway, one time we went through Thailand, and um, so we were there with PPI, and I think it just got smashed by the the tsunami and everything like that. So it was pretty it was pretty brutal. It was like very very surreal. Um, so we're at PPI, and everything was sort of getting rebuilt. And um, as I do, I sort of venture out by myself. And found a guy who was uh, one of the probably the biggest producers in the world at that time. Music uh, producer? No, no, movie, movie. Movie. Yep. But from Melbourne who just loved rugby league. And he goes, Willie, what are you doing now? And we had nothing to do, nothing, absolutely nothing to do. So he's, um, he's like, get all your boys. There's about six of us. He goes, get all your boys to go on this boat. Boat was Fucking huge. Went on the boat. Anyway, we're going around around the island. It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, if you've been to Thailand, shit gets crazy. And no one knew who this guy was, but I knew what sort of movie he's he's produced and directed and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, fuck. And I was just sitting there. I was locking horns with him the whole time. Shit was fucking crazy. Um, we're out on the on the day, all all day. We're just we're fishing, spear fishing, and all that. I wasn't, but um. I was just standing there, just having a couple of darts and drinking some <laughs> fucking bintangs. <laughs> no, what's what's the beer in what's the beer in um in Thailand? Oh, there's heaps. No, it's that one. It's that. Oh, it's not tiger. Is it tiger? Tiger Singaporean. Singa- Sing- yeah, Singaporean. something like that. So we're um oh, I'm just locking horns with this dude. I reckon we had about I reckon 30, 30 to forty cans over the whole day. That's before we even got back into shore, <laughs> and we had this random random little uh, pommy dude that was driving the boat. <laughs> And then uh, we get back in, it's dark time. Um, and, you know, they, they do all those um, the the, fire the fires things. and yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah. of shit. So we're sitting up a tree. How'd you get up a tree? <laughs> Mate, there was a fucking tree and it was a house in a tree. So we're sitting there. You're in a tree house. Yeah. So, and. and Did you climb the tree? Or was there a ladder? We had to climb the tree. We had to climb the tree. We smoked some weed. <laughs> a hell of a lot of weed. It was off season, so we can do what we want. We smoke some weed and then everyone's like, and he's like, let's go. Old mate goes, let's jump through the, the, the hoops and all that sort of shit. And I'm like, yeah, sounds unreal. Through the fire hoops? The fire hoops. Wow. So like you can't, you could barely, we've what, had 20, 30 beers, smoke some weed. It's hilarious. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not, please, I'm not going to jump through that fucking shit. Um, anyway, so he goes, he goes to jump through it. He gets. He couldn't even lift his legs. The the director dude and a couple of the boys. Because I'm just sitting back, laying in the cut, going, "You idiots! I'm not jumping." Sam, you know you can't. can't. It's a dumb idea if you're the sober. The dumbest idea in the world. I've already got that. I'm laying back. I'm just going. This is this is so shit. Someone's going to fuck this right up. Anyway, so they both try and go. They they do it singly easily. Oh yeah, he went. No, we'll do it together. Three of us, whatever. Oh, synchronized, <laughs> synchronized idiocy. Three straight through it. One kicked it, <laughs> <laughs> which one's kicked it, and then um, the other things. The other ones, all, they've all fallen over. The things fallen on the back of everyone's back. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> the shit out of form. Everyone at that time, they're going, oh, this is all, that's hilarious. I'm sitting there, you guys got third degree birds, 100%. I swear to God, you got third degree birds. No, 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 we sweet. Went back up in the tree and just started <laughs> just having a good time. Then we go back to their, uh, we go back to their villa. And then like, um, we start, we just start talking. And next minute, it's about nine, eight or nine, eight o'clock in the morning. It was dark as hell. 
in where we were, but open the sh- open the shades, bang, it was light as fuck. I said, oh god, I got to go home. So we all did. We just I remember just getting on the beach and just like running flat out across. Like I was like David Hasselhoff, <laughs> like just running across, running down the beach. So I had so much energy. I don't know why. Um, but you know, all the boats. There's like heap of like wires going. Do you, know, you know the wires that are attached from from um, from an anchor all the way out to a boat or some shit. So we're all running along the beach, and every like fucking like thirty meters, we just hit the deck. <laughs> and we're like, "What's happening?" And then every and then we get up and sprint, and like I was like, "There's the fucking wires in. I don't know where they are." Then bang, hit the deck. <laughs> it took us. It was probably like a five hundred meter run. It took us like an hour. Because we just kept hitting the deck and hitting the deck and hitting the deck, every single one. We, couldn't, we just couldn't, we couldn't get it. My Do you know what I'm talking about? My favourite part of that story is that you're in a treehouse. Tree, oh, 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 you got to go PPI, man. We're up in the tree. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for tuning in to us. It's been really lovely to see the support that we've been getting. It's been really lovely that the Cockwobble producer has been winning money for our team and we are now going to really start to ramp it up. All community sports starts this week. Mm -hmm. What we are going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to start up uh, the competition itself in general. Get your entries in once you see what you have to do to enter and all of this money could be yours. So yeah. uh, we're about halfway through the season now, so there's plenty of time. I mean, all you have to really do is just send a really good video into us just saying what you need, you know, where you're from, you know, what, how many clubs, how many how many teams you have. I mean, I've, I've played juniors and so has Ian. And, you know, like I remember going through, um, you know, pre-seasons with, you know, no no training jerseys, no boots and all that kind of stuff. So we want to help out with all that kind of stuff. Whatever it is, we, we're going to try and help. And we'll we'll come down to your training session. I'll probably yeah. I'll run I'll the water. I'll, I'll, I'll come to your train. I'll come to your training session. Try and teach your kids a couple of th- little things. But now it's a great cause. We're gonna we're gonna end up winning some really good money. And Ned's have been such a great help. So we'd really appreciate a couple of videos in and. Um, Keep an eye out on, we're on all of the social things, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Everywhere. We're everywhere. Every every social, just, you'll find us. Hit us up. We really appreciate support. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. I've been been saying subscribe. You can Mm. do that. I didn't know that. Subscribe. Do that. It's good. Subscription. (laughs) I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 